Coming up on Studios America, Sydney Watson joins us to give us an Aussie's perspective on our country's insane COVID response. The former baby, now current adult, at the heart of Roe versus Wade breaks her silence. They do grow up eventually, by the way. They're not always babies. And what is the purpose of putting Anthony Fauci on TV at this point? We'll dissect the issue and see if it's time he wrapped up all appearances as we do Fauci's 15 minutes. Stu does America. We all remember 15 days to stop the spread. And it seems like those 15 days at times will never end. Well, let me ask you this. When does Anthony Fauci's 15 minutes of fame end? It's been 614 days since Anthony Fauci was named to the coronavirus task force. That's 14,736 hours or 884,160 minutes. Can we call for an end to Fauci's 884,160 minutes of fame? Fauci's misgivings have been well covered on conservative media, including on this program. If you want the most extensive look you can uh, get, check out Steve Dace's book. Uh, it's Fauci and Bargain, the most powerful and dangerous bureaucrat in American history. But here's the thing. I won't even bother making those arguments to make my point today. My argument is simply this. At this moment, what is the point of Anthony Fauci? Why is he on television? Let me give you an example from this weekend. We can gather for Christmas or it's just too soon to tell. You know, Margaret, we, it's just too soon to tell. We've just mm -hmm. got to concentrating on continuing to get those numbers down and not try yeah. to jump ahead by weeks or months and say what we're going to do at a particular time. Let's focus like a laser on continuing to get those those cases down and we can do it by people getting vaccinated and also in the situation where boosters are appropriate to get people boosted because we know that they can help greatly in diminishing infection and diminishing advanced disease. Okay. So what's the reaction to this clip? Conservatives correctly point out that if it's up to the government, this is never going to end. Another round of deserved derision and mockery from the right. Okay. And then the left says, damn, these red state hicks, they're going to ruin Christmas. But let's try to let's just attempt this. We, we like to attempt difficult things on this program. They have, as you can tell, we're I'm a, quite the specimen when it comes to physical fitness. And I try to strain uh, and, and, and do the unthinkable, the impossible dream. Let's try it here. Let's try to put the best possible face on this for Anthony Fauci. Let's say he went on this show and they asked him the question and he went another way. He said, yeah, we're screwed. I mean, Christmas is going to be terrible. It's going to be a catastrophe. I mean, you know, the Grinch is going to come down. He's going to give your, you know, little Cindy Lou Who a bunch of COVID. It's going to be terrible. Everyone's got to stay home. Don't let the don't let Santa Claus come down the chimney. He's got COVID going to kill your dog. It's going to be terrible if he says that conservatives correctly would point out that if this is up to the government, this is never going to end. There would be another round of well-deserved derision and mockery from the right. And then the left would say, damn, these red state hicks are ruining Christmas. What if Fauci said, actually, I expect all this to be over by Christmas. Everything's going to be wonderful, holly jolly. Uh, it's going to be the most wonderful time of the year. Now, he probably would never say this, but for the sake of argument, let's say he did. Then when we got to Christmas and there were still cases and deaths, conservatives would say, 
Fauci said it was going to be over. He's proven wrong once again. And then the left would say, well, Fauci would have been right, except for these damn red state hicks. They're ruining Christmas. And on and on and on and on and on we go. How many times do we have to do this? If you're on the left, no matter what Fauci says, you're going to believe him, even after he tells you he's been lying. And if you're on the right, nothing Anthony Fauci can possibly say will convince you of anything. The Fauci persuasion level on both sides is exactly zero percent. So why is he on television all the time? Of what possible utility is it to invite him on your television show? So he can tell liberals to wear masks for the zillionth time? I have no idea. I mean, in May of 2020, sure, there's maybe an argument to be inviting this guy on television. But in October of 2021, what is the purpose of inviting him on your show? And more importantly, what is the purpose of him accepting these invitations? Seriously, view this from his perspective for a second. He was asked what the situation at Christmas will be. The real answer is, of course, he has no freaking idea what it's going to look like at Christmas. We don't know the future. So what does he do? He basically tells the truth. I have no freaking idea. And then kind of just pushes the, the question down the road. We've got to get those numbers down. And still, even after saying he didn't know, he's still the story. Here's a here's a, a crazy idea for you. If you don't have answers to such questions, maybe you shouldn't be on the magical TV box doing interviews. What is it that you do off camera? Is there anything? If there is something you do off camera, find out what it is and do it for a while. Maybe the number one thing you should be doing is looking around your office for someone who can go on television that is not you. Can anyone else on your office Zoom calls speak coherently? Is there anyone? How about putting them on TV for once? Crazy idea, I know. I personally have talked to several people who said they actually were going to get the vaccine until Anthony Fauci annoyed them out of getting it. I've talked to other people who have told me there's no scenario where I would get the vaccine. And I say, oh, yeah, well, let me test that for example for a second. How about if you get the vaccine, you will never see or hear from Anthony Fauci ever again. And without fail, they say, where do I get my shot? If the motivation is to get people vaccinated and end the pandemic, Anthony Fauci's constant television appearances are doing nothing to further that goal. However, as I suspect, and you might too, this is no longer about the pandemic, if it ever was. This is more about Anthony Fauci going on TV because Anthony Fauci really likes to go on TV. Let me give you a new example. When I think about my dad growing up, I certainly think about that seriousness. But very few people get to see. <laughs> He's funny, weird, and really playful. God help us. In 1981, HIV-AIDS was evolving rapidly and frighteningly. There was anger at the government's response. When you got sick, you were gone fast. It's affecting you now. Yeah. Why? Post-traumatic stress syndrome. When COVID hit, he became this target. My dad said, we're going to get through this whole thing. And he's held back. 
You don't do it because you want to make money. You don't do it for the glory. You do it because you care. When you're involved in a race to stop a horrible disease, you always feel you're not doing things quickly enough. Fauci streaming October 8th. I, I, you know, look, I will say this has been a nonstop effort, uh, seemingly, to make this guy into some sort of uh, a human above other humans. And, you know, this is another example of it here with a new documentary. I will say, too, uh, if you if you interview Ainsley and Zach about how great their dad is, they're probably going to give you good reviews, at least at this point. I don't know how long that lasts. I hope it lasts for a while. But right now they seem to really like me. So we'll see. We'll do a documentary with them telling you what a great guy I am and see if it gets on uh, Disney+. Plus. Anthony Fauci is at the point where he loves the spotlight more than any doctor this side of Dr. Oz. Pictured here, of course, as a recent contestant on APC's $100,000 pyramid. (laughs) Uh, It's just been exhausting, hasn't it? I will tell you this. One year ago this week, many of you tuned in to watch or listen to this show. And it never came on. Why? Because I was at home with my family in COVID quarantine. I still have my positive test can you see that? The positive, this is, I mean, you're not going to be able to read it from where you are, but this is a, my, uh, I got it laminated. Because people are like, whoa, what about uh, natural immunity? Did you get your positive test laminated? If not, you are not really respecting your, nat- uh, your natural immunity. And I got it uh, for a reason. Because I thought to myself, you know what? Next time someone tells me I got to put a mask on or something, I'm going to bring that thing and I'm going to show it to them and say, oh, yeah, look at my COVID test. And then I realized people don't really look at the date. They just see positive and they get freaked out. <laughs> it's just a, that's my life experience coming through. <laughs> but, you know, even back then, a year ago, everybody seemed sick of Anthony Fauci. Since then, we've gone through a crazy election, the riot at the Capitol, the Afghanistan debacle, the border crisis, a few trillion dollars in spending. And guess what? Anthony Fauci is still here on TV all the time, all the time for the love of all that is good and holy for all of our combined sanity even for the effectiveness of public health information in the middle of a pandemic. Can we please have an end, a merciful end, to Anthony Fauci's 15 minutes of fame? Please, I beg of you, honestly, isn't 884,160 minutes of fame enough? You may have noticed some weirdness on the internet today. Yes, a couple sites are down, kind of big ones. There's all sorts of crazy stuff going on on the internet. Your data is always at risk. You've heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN to protect your online privacy. But choosing a VPN you trust is equally as important. Now, we do research on you know, the people we talk to you about every single day, and we look at all the options, and ExpressVPN is the best VPN you're gonna find. First of all, it doesn't log your activity online. Lots of cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to advertisers. ExpressVPN doesn't want any part of that. They they don't want that. Uh, Also, they make it very easy, easy. 
you know, it's hard to uh, to get on these things if you don't know what you're doing. A lot of these VPNs are difficult to, to navigate. Um, ExpressVPN is super fast. It uses uh, Lightway, which is a new VPN protocol they engineered to make user speeds faster than ever. Uh, VPNs can be slow. They can be arduous to get involved in. You just, you just don't want to deal with them. you got to try ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is the place to go um, uh, that uh, to, to get your VPN all set up and ready to go. Go to expressvpn.com slash stew. It's like one button on your phone. You get on the VPN, you're protected, you're routing your data the way you should to protect your privacy. ExpressVPN.com slash stew. Get extra three months today on your one-year package if you go to ExpressVPN.com slash stew. E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash stew. Go there now to learn more. I am joined now in studio by Sydney Watson, co-host of the excellent new show. You are here, right here at Blaze TV. Sydney, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me back. Yes, this is awesome. <laughs> uh, so before we get into the news of the day, uh -huh. the new show, I talked to Elijah last week and I said, hey, Elijah, you have this big following on YouTube. You have the same story here. Mm -hmm. You have a way to get out what you want to say on a daily basis. Yet you're coming here and you're taking on a whole new show. Why? Well, I think it's a twofold thing, and Elijah's answer was probably much better than mine will be because he's so <laughs> over the top yeah. at everything, and I think that's what makes him so fun. Mm. My answer is simply that he's one of my best friends. Mm. I said to him three years ago when we first met, I was like, let's get together. I want to do a show with you. This has to happen, and at some point we're going to do it. So that was the first thing. Yeah. And then the second thing is that he and I have both gotten to this revolutionary level where we want things to change. And having us do things separately is certainly one thing, but when you combine our forces, yeah. I think it makes us a bit of a powerhouse, yeah. makes us able to do more, because he and I are both sort of cusp of activism where we really want to get involved, and I think the new show is a really good way to do that and promote our ideas yeah, I at mean, the, the same time. Yeah, I show's doing really, really well, <laughs> yeah. uh, if you can keep it on the air. We, yeah, we, exactly. We, at this point, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, how worried are you uh, on that stuff? I mean, I know Blaze TV is a great platform, mm -hmm. and it's a place where people can go and talk about things and not worry about losing their platform. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Obviously, the, the wide audience is out there at you know YouTube and all these other uh, social networks. How worried are you that they're going to come after you next? Pretty worried. Yeah. I mean, hmm. I'm, I'm, I worry about my uh, channel that's on YouTube at this point all the time. Anything that you do and say, there's always that, I guess, idea in the back of your head that you might have gone a step too far and they might wipe <laughs> you. Because right. you never know. You never it's, know. The, the rules are changing constantly. For our new show, I'm not so much worried about us doing or saying the wrong thing that's going to get us kicked off because I think we've learned pretty well now how to fall in line. In, I know that sounds bad, but in YouTube, you kind of have to. You kind of have to play sure. by their rules. On Blaze, we don't have to so much. We can say whatever we want, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. But I think we've learned to sort of circumvent a lot of the rules on YouTube. The problem is, once they have a bee in their bonnet and they don't like you, that's that. Yeah, they, they make will, up the rules exactly. to find you, essentially. Yes, exactly, yeah. I mean, they're already unsubscribing people from the channel. We've already noticed a decline in like views that we're getting. And I don't think that that's because people aren't interested. Because our yes. interaction is really high. Mm -hmm. It's because I don't think people get notified or updated. Right. Which so sucks. Is this a bad thing that they're doing this and targeting channels like yours? Or, yeah. Or uh, the alternate, is it a good thing? Does this show that you know, you're winning and you're, and, you're, and you're moving the needle a little bit? 
I wish I could be on. I'm a pessimist, okay. and I feel like this is the running <laughs> thing because Elijah is yeah. this clown-pilled human who laughs at everything. And again, I think that's what makes him so awesome. Mm -hmm. Me, I definitely am very black-pilled. I'm very much on the side of pessimism. So right. I go, no, I right. don't think yeah, it's a good yeah. thing <laughs> that um, that speech is being censored. However, I do think that it goes to show how much you irritate them. I want to swear on. I don't know if I can swear on your show, but it, mm -hmm. it effectively pisses them off. That's okay. Yeah. So much um, <laughs> to have channels like ours around, but also they do this to little channels and that makes me really sad too. Yeah. And the more that they can take you offline, the more that they can, or push you to the side and shadow ban you. And I hate that term, but that's really what they do. They right. make it so that no one can access your content. I think it's sad because then fewer people are able to access ideas that might move the needle for them. Yeah. So that's why I'm really bothered by it and I don't like it at all. But yeah. I, that's why I keep I said to Elijah today when we were planning our show for, th for this evening, I said, let's just go out of our way to do things in real life. I think the time of the internet is a little bit behind us in the sense that you can't get ideas out very well. Now it's time to organize in real life and start doing things in that capacity. Hmm, that's really interesting. What, mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you mean by that, doing things in, not that I, I am familiar with doing things in real <laughs> do life. Do you remember but, real life? Yeah, I Do you remember so. like going and talking to people <laughs> yeah. out in public? What is that? <laughs> Yo, so is that what you're thinking? You're like, like real world on the street yeah. activism. Yeah. That's where I'm at. But also, yeah. too, like I'm watching society run its course and I'm going, this is terrifying and I don't like the direction that we're heading. I really don't. And so I would like, especially living in Texas, I feel like we're at a point now where I think more and more people are getting more and more angry. And if you mm -hmm. can sort of harness that in a real world sense, because really, if I go out into the world and I say, I don't know, the, you know, the election, something nefarious happened in the election, mm -hmm. for example, which mm -hmm. I know I probably can't say on your show because <laughs> this goes on the internet. So Damn I won't say it like Damn that, you. but you, you know that the, the most secure election right. was so go. secure, <laughs> I can go out and say that in the real world and no one can stop me because free speech. Right. So you can say what you want to say out in the real world. You can organize a lot better out in the real world. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting thing because I think you, you get down that road of, uh, the, the internet has a lot of real positives to of it. Of course. But I, 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 I think of this over and over again, and it's why I'm, I'm so much on the, the blockchain bandwagon in that, mm -hmm. like, we're never, no matter how many laws we change in D.C. or how many tech companies we tell them, you really have to not censor us this time. They are never going to do it the way we want it done. No. They're never going to understand our viewpoints. They're never going to give them the sort of, uh, you know, voice that they deserve. Yep. And so we have to go around it. We don't have a choice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so the fact of the matter is that you can reach so many more people on the Internet. I do not dispute that in any mm -hmm. capacity. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. But the thing is that if the Internet went out tomorrow, then what are you going to do? Yeah, then we're, we're finding that out today with mm -hmm. Facebook and Instagram yep. kind of disappearing today. Exactly. So yeah. it's like, what are you going to do? So my thing is, I'm not discrediting how effective the internet can be in any capacity. I know that it's effective. I know it's easier to mobilize on the internet. What I also know is that if you're being censored left, right, and center, how do you get together to actually achieve things? Because mm -hmm. let's be real, things get achieved in real life, not online. Right. You know, the, the protests that you have outside of the, you know, capital or whatever, that achieves something. Talking and complaining on the internet does not. So I'm sort of at this point where I'm going, yes, there's absolutely a, a time and a place to complain on the internet. I'm a prof professional at it. Yeah. You are probably too. Mm -hmm. We're all very good at it. Mm -hmm. But I'm at a point where I'm like, I want to get out and do things in, in the real world. That's interesting. So when you talk about the motivation for this, mm -hmm. it's that down the road, you see something down the road coming mm -hmm. that scares you. Yes. Uh, and when I look down the road here in, in a scary direction, what I see is Australia. Yeah. Uh, which seems to me, and I think I, I think we've talked about this before. I don't know. I kind of thought Australia was kind of like us. Like I thought 
that Australia was, you know, if you're going to pick five countries in the world that were really similar to us, I probably would name Australia in there. Mm -hmm. The way they're reacting to COVID is, I mean this sincerely, foreign. Like, I, I don't understand what the government is doing. I don't understand how a lot of the people are reacting very subservient, mm -hmm. it seems to me. Can you walk through, uh, you know, idiots guide to Australia here for a second? <laughs> what the heck is going on? I think the first thing that people need to understand, and I and what you're saying, so many people have said this to me. They go, Sydney. I thought Australia was just <laughs> full of these weird convict people that want just you know right. like want to play with guns and no, no, that's not that's not it at all. So basically, people need to understand first and foremost that America and Australia, while allied, they're more like. I don't know, cousins rather than siblings. Sure. So the relationship that you have in the mentality of Australians differs greatly to the United States. The United States, you know, for lack of a better term, used to, I guess, put forward freedom as the primary founding principle of mm -hmm. their belief system. Australia, no, that's not the case. Aussies are very fun-loving, happy, you know, larrikin kind of people. They want to have a laugh. They want to drink their beer and go home to their family. Americans are more like grind, grind, grind. There's a big difference in mm. how they behave. So what we're seeing from the government at the moment comes down to the fact that Australians, and I've said this in so many different shows, they basically value security over freedom. And I think that's a very commonwealth thing. That's a very Britain thing mm -hmm. where they basically look to the overarching powers and go, please protect me. Right. When in reality, you have to understand that the government is not your friend. And a lot of Aussies, I think, have a distrust. It's bizarre. They have this like inbuilt distrust where they vote out governments when they piss them off. But then nothing ever changes and they go, oh, well, well, the government told me to do this. So I'll do it. It's this weird contradictory attitude and it drove me insane, which is why I left. I thought this country's never going to change. People are never going to change because they're either apolitical and don't give a damn. They just want to be left alone. Or there are these radical leftists that will, you know, have Black Lives Matter rallies when there's no black people in Australia. <laughs> Like, well, that's, I, I never really thought of that. Yeah. It's bizarre. I, I mean, mean, they still matter, I suppose, but uh, <laughs> it, is, it is an odd title for an organization with a very small uh, African-American population. Or we don't, in this case, we don't have an African, like the African population is, yeah. I think, zero... 0.014% of the population. Right. And then you and then you factor in the aboriginal population which is like 1%. Well, it was interesting to see this during COVID when cuz we always told like we build these walls and we're mm -hmm. evil and we want to keep everybody out. Yep. And like Australia doesn't want anyone showing up there. Like nope. I, I th now this is just a random they sequester theory. people off to islands. Yes, off to islands. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> um, I I think this is a island mindset. Yeah. Okay. This is just a theory of mine. Mm -hmm. But like, I you notice it with New Zealand. You notice it with Hawaii. You notice it with Australia. You get you when you're an island. You're kind of your own place. Mm -hmm. You get very much like I want zero COVID. I want all the protections in place. No one should come visit us. Mm -hmm. There's some like protectionist weirdness that goes on there. Is that accurate at yeah. all? Yeah. Well, okay. yeah. I think yes. <laughs> yes. I think in large part yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I think with the COVID stuff, the problem is that. The Australian media, you, you know how American media is kind of super evil? Yeah. Australian media <laughs> is evil, but really dumb. Okay. So it's worse because <laughs> they're like when you, I'm not oh. even kidding. I want, I want everybody who watches this, I want you to do it too. Go mm -hmm. and watch the news reports that Australia comes out with and yeah. they say, Today in the news, there are five new COVID cases and this plethora of people are now being institutionalized. And you're like, what? Wait. Like, it doesn't make any sense. I've they're like pumping these, this yeah. stuff up that's completely negligible. They're making these numbers seem like they matter when they don't. And they're like, the five new cases has now locked down the entire Sydney greater area. Yeah. And you're like, 
What? Like they're, what? they're saying stories about people going into elevators that are not quarantining, that are not actually sick. They're like, look at this man entering the elevator who has a cough. Now the police are after him. And they make this big deal about it. And you're going, what, like, what did I hit my head and wake up in North Korea? Like, what yeah. am I doing here? Yeah. Well, and I'm I, just kidding. North Korea doesn't have any media. So that's true. <laughs> that's true. Uh, or COVID. They have no COVID. No, no COVID uh, either. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because. I, I, that really is watching those reports, and I've seen some of them online. Bizarre. It's some of the strangest stuff. It really Thank feels you. like it's out of like some, you know, Black Mirror episode. Yeah, it's dystopian. It's bizarre because I, I think the thing is that again, when you have so the ABC, a lot of people don't know this. The ABC, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, they are government funded. They're mm -hmm. taxpayer funded. Okay. And they're the never biggest, a good idea. Never a good idea. Never a good idea. They are the biggest, and they say they argue that they are the most. Um, unbiased that they're the yeah. most you know like nonpartisan. well that's just it's it goes lie. to how you view the government right for sure we would never accept that here yeah. i don't think i mean you know we we do have npr and pbs but i think everyone kind of views them as okay well yeah. we know this where this is coming from or yeah. at least what could be influencing it uh but the bbc i don't think brits see it, the bbc that way no. um and that's i think a problem because then you're getting that viepoint yeah. all the time um, which is bizarre say, uh, yeah it's, it's very interesting so um it's interesting in that we can't, most people can't go to Australia. They don't want people going there. Mm -hmm. Now we're kind of we're kind of turning that on here. Yeah. We don't want anyone coming here. We're going to implement which seems like a vaccine mandate. Is this a, a full-fledged, like, everyone that comes into the country has to be vaccinated if you're from yes. overseas? Yeah, so basically what America is doing, so Australia is doing the opposite, where it's going, okay, you can let Australian citizens back into the country, mm -hmm. finally, because a lot of Aussies were locked out of the country. Now what America is doing is it's going as of November, and I don't know why I didn't hear about this. I know you didn't hear about this. No one heard yeah. about well, it's not this. a big story. Where was the news on this? So basically, America's going, oh, we're making it easier to get into the country. We're rolling back our own bans. Haha, just kidding. You have to be fully vaccinated. You have to have a test before coming in. You have to do all these things. So basically, and the reason why I want to talk about this sort of a topic is because I have personal skin in the game. Mm. I'm trying to get my family to move to the U.S. My brother, who's a citizen, is trying to get into the country. His fiance, who's a non-citizen, which is really upsetting, now she'll basically be um, subject to the, these whole vaccination things. They don't want to get vaccinated. They don't see the point. They've got personal reasons for feeling that way. And the drawback is that as a U.S. citizen, my brother can come into the country and then has to quarantine, obviously. She would, his fiance would have to be vaccinated. So it's like now that's basically off the table for them unless they can find a way to go down the exemption route or whether that be religious or whatever. I don't, I don't know too much about how they might be able to do that. But it's effectively stopping foreign nationals from coming into the country unless they're vaccinated. Unless you go across the southern border, right. then just hop right over that. Yeah, Fine. exactly. Because yeah, we went over this, I think, last week, and that Haiti, as a country, is 0.37% vaccinated. Yep. Yet we're going to have 10,000 Haitians, 15,000 Haitians come across the border, and we're just going to, uh, no one's going to even notice. They're not even going to test them, nope. let, let alone make them get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. What is there? Is there any logical view to this? I mean, because I mean, because there is a argument, I think, on the right, even where if we're going to have immigrants come across the border, yes. we can put restrictions on them. We can we can implement uh, we can implement a vaccination requirement, mm -hmm. for example. Yeah. Um, is it just that we don't think it's the right thing to be vaccinating people for? What's Why can't we do that here? That's a that's a really big question, not one I'm sure I can answer. Mm. I think that, so on the border perspective, like the, the illegal immigrants crossing thing, any serious country has to have sovereignty, right? Right. 
I'm sure that you know you would agree with that too. But I think that For any sure. any serious country has to have sovereignty over their own borders. Any serious country has to have the capacity to protect its citizens from potential unwanted people coming into the country. Now, whether that extends to illnesses, I think it should. Mm -hmm. What's strange is that America has had these ports of entry, quarantine things since you know the 19 what was that 1918 yeah. um, Spanish flu. Mm -hmm. These things have been put in place, and what stops people from coming into the country has changed depending on you know which area it is, what diseases. You know, for, for example, tubercul tuberculosis is a really big one. Mm -hmm. You must have a tuberculosis vaccination, or you must not have tuberculosis in order to come into the country from other countries like right, um, yeah. Afghanistan, for example. Mm -hmm. So it's really bizarre to me. I don't understand the logic that goes into this when you have an influenza that is effectively the same as the common flu. You know, the Especially one that, with the treatments that we have now. Exactly. Right? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's improved a lot. This is endemic now. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you're not asking, I mean, the fact that we're even letting hundreds, hundreds of thousands of people into this country illegally <laughs> and not holding them to the same standards as people who go through those ports of entry mm. is the stupidest, I'm not allowed to swear I know, but is the stupidest <clears throat> that I've ever heard of in my bloody life. And yeah. it makes me sick to my stomach to know that, say, my family can't come to the country. Um, say, like, Elijah's family, who's also in Australia, can't come to the country and must be vaccinated now. It's like... There's this double standard and this disparity in treatment that makes absolutely no sense. I can't answer your question because I don't bloody know the logic of the morons in, in Washington, D.C. It's impossible to understand. Well, this is why you're saying you need to go to do things in the real world. Seriously. Yeah, it really is why it, it gets people to that point. Well, it's not exactly in the real world, your show. It's on the Internet, but that's okay. The Internet is okay, too. <laughs> you are here on Blaze TV. Make sure to check it out. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the YouTube page as well and blazetv.com slash stew, promo code stew, uh, to get your membership as well. Sydney, that was awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. So it was fun. It's crazy how fast the prices about everything uh, are rising. You know, when you spend, I don't know, seven, eight, 14, 15 trillion dollars in a year, that'll do that. Gas, groceries, clothes, all up. And all the experts are saying it's going to get worse before it gets better. So you gotta look for a way to cut costs. What do you do? Well, you could start with your auto insurance. That's an easy one. You could start with Gabby. Uh, shopping for auto insurance just sucks. It's a terrible experience usually. Um, but Gabby knows how to do this the right way. Uh, things that could take you know, days or, or weeks, Gabby can get done in minutes. Gabby uses your current policy to compare your current coverage to 40 of the top insurance providers like Nation wide and travelers and all the big ones. Uh, they're one true comparison platform with fast, verifiable quotes, not ballpark guesses. And they match up your policy exactly. So you're not figuring out, oh, I got a little better price, but I got half the coverage. It's not like that with Gabby. Uh, because Gabby uses your current coverage, they only show policies that are the same or better than your current coverage. And you can save money as well. Uh, Gabby is free to use and they never sell your info. So you don't get the spam or robocalls. Uh, people who sw uh, switch to Gabby can save up to 80 bucks a month on average versus their uh, current policy. That's 80 bucks a month. That's that's real money you can put in your pocket. Go to Gabby.com slash stew to start saving today. Totally free. G-A-B-I.com slash stew. Gabby.com slash stew. Check it out. So I was uh, on the YouTubes today. I don't know if you noticed a couple of websites kind of down. Maybe gave some people some free time to do something with their lives. Like go to other uh, social media sites. And I was on uh, YouTube today. And I was looking at our follower count over at YouTube. Subscriber count. And we're at like 49,827. Now that is way too close to a round number for my comfort. 
I'm a numbers guy. I mean, these look, we're not talking Sydney Watson YouTube numbers here. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that's what I have. We're getting close to 50,000. I want to hit 50,000. You're not on Facebook today. I know it. You don't have anything to do on Facebook. You don't have anything to do uh, on, on Instagram. Go over to YouTube and click subscribe and get me over 50,000, please. I mean, that's just a basic request. I mean, I'm not begging you, but I'm begging you. Please, youtube.com uh, slash, I think if you use a search for Stu, I know it comes up. Just search for the name Stu. And it's one of the first, it's the first channel that usually pops up. Uh, check it out. Subscribe. Get all the shows. We're going to be posting a bunch of new stuff there as well. So check it out. You can also comment on the show live. Pete writes, uh, Stu, uh, Stu says, we all want people to live. Can we at least agree on that point? Sir, have you been on Twitter lately? I'm not so sure. You know what? <laughs> That's a great point. No, we cannot agree that all people should live and including little babies little cute adorable babies can't agree on whether they should live or not that's a that's a crazy idea i mean that would be it would be, it would be weird to have universal agreement on that point wouldn't it and it just would be weird uh 40 is the new poll uh, out on the supreme court 40 percent approval rating down from 58 percent just like a year or so ago now you're noticing that the media is beating up the supreme court constantly you know, it's been between 62 and 42, the entire history of the poll um, from uh, Gallup, and now it's down to 40, the lowest it's ever been. A lot of this has to do with people believing that they're going to overturn Roe versus Wade, which, you know, I hope they do. I mean, I think that would be a very positive uh, development for this country. Um, most of the, don't worry, you can get yourself, uh, get your, you know, your kid aborted in tons of states still. It'll be that that playground will still be there for you, unfortunately, uh, but it is uh, going to be out there. And, um, you know, I, I think with uh, the Supreme Court now in session, uh, Brett Kavanaugh didn't make it. He, uh, he's got COVID, uh, but he was joining on Zoom. But they started up the session. And in this uh, this round of sessions, uh, one of the cases on the docket is going to be this big Mississippi case, which people think could overturn Roe versus Wade. Tonight on ABC, there is an interview with the the Jane Roe baby. Now, you don't might not know this about babies. If they're not aborted, they tend to grow up into human beings of a larger size. Who knew? She happens to be 51 years old now, and she her mom wanted to kill her, but didn't didn't succeed in that mission. Sadly, before there was health care, you know, before there was women's health care, this poor kid survived. And it was a terrible, terrible thing. We can all agree uh, what an ugly, ugly uh, thing that was. But she didn't know until she was about 19 years old that she was the daughter uh, involved in this case because the case happened. Um, she lost early on uh, Roe and then went up uh, to up the obviously eventually to the Supreme Court. But by the time they got to the Supreme Court, the kid was already born. So they couldn't kill it. <laughs> It's just a terrible, uh, it's just one of those things that just messes up your timing, doesn't it? Uh, but she wanted, uh, she did, she wanted to find her birth mother, but didn't, had no idea who it was. When she was 19 years old, the National Enquirer somehow figured it out and sent a bunch of people to tell her. She was obviously a bit disturbed because, hey, did you know you're most famous for your mom wanting to kill you? It's a weird, you know, greeting to most people, a strange way to open up a conversation, you know? Uh, but so eventually she was very distraught about this and saw her mom talking about this over her life. And if you remember her mom, she went from super pro-choice to the, you know, the most pro-choice person ever associated with pro-choicesness pro uh, to uh, super pro-life. She became an, uh, an, an anti-abortion uh, activist for a long time. And at the very end of her life, one documentary crew claims to have recorded her saying, Actually, I'm still pro-choice. 
and I was I was not really on board with the pro-life thing, but they were giving me money. And there's a lot of controversy around whether she actually said that or if that means she didn't mean she was pro-life all of that time. We've talked to people who worked with her through this period and said, look, she may have she may have been working as an activist because she needed the money, but she totally believed these things. She believed it off camera. She believed it on camera. Who knows? I guess we'll never really know because uh, she did pass away. Uh, the daughter, though, is like, look, number one, you tried to kill me. Um, and then you went around the country um, complaining about how you weren't able to kill me. So it's hard to have a good relationship here. They never really connected again uh, after that. Uh, and she said she could never forgive her for all the things that she said. Now, when I saw this was happening now, this is the day the Supreme Court uh, is going into session involved in the next couple months is going to be this big abortion case. All of that's going on. It's told me one thing, and we'll see tomorrow if I'm right on this, because this is just instinct. I have nothing to report on this. I don't know. But there's no freaking way they'd put this woman on television in the middle of this with the Supreme Court case going on and the Texas law being a topic of discussion. There's no way ABC News puts her on television if she's pro-life. There's just no chance of it is there there's just no way they would do this now i don't know maybe she she definitely did not like her mom so maybe she uh wound up she did say something to the effect of uh, i was worried that people would blame me for making abortion legal um, so she kind of framed it in a way you'd think a pro-life person would say it however my guess is when it gets down to it on television tonight you'll find out she's super duper pro-choice even though she uh, you know avoided abortion herself and isn't that a wonderful story about women's health care or something uh, i guess that's my guess is that's what's going to be the spin on this we will watch it uh tonight and maybe we'll bring some clips back uh for you to check out tomorrow in case you miss it but uh, i don't know that's my sneaky suspicion these things tend to work on an agenda and a narrative and we all know what that agenda and narrative are You know, look, I'm a, I love my family. I love making some great memories with my family. Uh, we're making memories kind of in a new weird world right now. So how do you hold on to those memories? You could take a picture on your phone. That is true. And it will stay in your phone and you'll probably never look at it again. There's really no great way to hold on to the best memories that we have when you're talking about digital devices. However, you can change that with something that lasts forever. And the best place to do that is at Paint Your Life. Com. This is really cool. You can send in any picture you want and you'll, it'll go to real artists. You get to check out all their work and you'll get a portrait, a painting within a couple of weeks. Choose from a team of world-class artists and you can kind of check their work out and say like, ooh, I really like those paintings. I'd like them to do it. You can, uh, you can go through the whole process. It's really easy to do. I'm going through it myself. I sent in a cool picture of my kids that I can't wait to see back it's in, a, in a painting. It's gonna be really cool. I'll show it to you when we get it. At paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. So if you happen to get like, if somehow I get on there and I break in and, and I, I start painting your painting, it's gonna come out terrible. You don't want that. They have only real artists on PaintYourLife.com. And right now, as a limited time offer, you can get 20% off your painting. 20% off right now, free shipping. Get the special offer. you got to text the word STU. It's actually my name, S-T-U, STU, to 64,000. 
St text STU to 64,000. Uh, right now, once again, you just have to text STU to 64,000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Terms apply. Available at paintyourlife.com slash terms. Again, text your uh, text my name, Stu, to 64,000 to check out all the details. El Salvador has begun mining Bitcoin using the energy from volcanoes. Now, look, this is just geothermal energy and it's you know clean, obviously, and people like it for that reason. Yeah, El Salvador has a bunch of volcanoes. They, they have a decent amount of their energy supply in the country is geothermal energy. But it sounds so much cooler to say that it's from volcanoes than just geothermal. Geothermal sounds boring. Volcano energy? Pretty cool. So the, their first few hundred bucks have been mined, and uh, we'll see how that goes. It's cool that they're doing this, and it sort of disproves all of the, uh, the Elon Musk-based nonsense about Bitcoin. Like, I like Elon Musk generally, but his, his views on this have been uh, a problem. And the good thing is, this pushes back against it. It would be great. I mean, the other way you could do it is nuclear energy. Um, that's nice and clean. Now, you can't do that in California because they're shutting down the last nuclear plant in California. And there's one hard and fast rule about environmentalism that we always say on this program. If you're talking to an environmentalist that's worried about global warming and they're not considering nuclear power, you know they're not serious. That, that's it. This is a, 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 an everlasting, unlimited energy supply that has, has basically the best record of safety in the entire world when it comes to energy uh, options. And it has absolutely zero emissions. And the left is closing down all their plants. Does that make any sense to you at all? Of course it doesn't. If, it's like we were talking about with Fauci at the beginning. If the goal is to get people vaccinated, you don't want Anthony Fauci on TV anymore. Okay? All the people that will believe Anthony Fauci already got vaccinated. Okay? It's the people who don't believe Anthony Fauci you need to talk to at this point. Same thing here. Uh, you know, like it, it's just like if your goal is actually to help the environment, then nuclear power would be a really good option. That's not really the goal. I hate to break this to you. It's a terrible thing. I hate to awaken you. Uh, but that's that's the truth. And I have to give you one other really sad piece of news. It appears the Taliban is not paying their electricity bills. I know I, I'm shocked, too. I mean, I just really saw them as stand up guys or standing up while they're decapitating their enemy type of guys. And uh, so far, they're not standing up. People are saying, well, you know, their economy's in shambles. They don't have the money. I don't think it's a money issue. I think it's an organizational issue. It's like, you know, you've got, you know, rape, murder, rape, murder, rape, murder, electricity bill. It's hard to keep track of all this rape, murder, rape, murder, take out the garbage. Do you forget some of those? Sometimes you do. Right. Between all the raping and all the murdering, the electricity bill just occasionally slips through the cracks. Go to YouTube, subscribe to this channel so we can get over the stupid round number of 50,000. And then I'll feel better about myself. Are you going to do that on a laptop? If you're going to do that on a laptop, then you need to go to HunterBidenLaptopCase.com right afterward. That way, you can get a Hunter Biden laptop case. There it is. It says property of Hunter Biden on it. <laughs> and I will say, it's possible that Rudy Giuliani will walk by and take your laptop. That's a possibility. Just uh, be aware. <laughs> no, that was a cool effect. Thank you. The laptop closing effect really, I think, made the shot. So thank you so much uh, for that one. Uh, so check it out, HunterBidenLaptopCase.com. Okay, so here's what happened. Guy in Maryland, he's having a family dinner. A dispute begins to grow. 
with between him and his family. And he's getting angry and things are escalating a little bit. And then he does something that normally would be frowned upon. He takes out his gun and he fires it. Now, he doesn't fire it at them, which I thought was nice. He fires it up into the air. The, the, the family leaves. They report it to the police. There's a standoff for a long time. And that's what the mainstream media is going to tell you about this story. But let me tell you when I've I've been able to look into this a little bit deeper and what the dispute was, was at some point he was eating and one of them took a bite of his grilled cheese sandwich. And so I completely side with the guy and his gun. There are a lot of firearm safety rules that maybe this guy violated. But are we forgetting the rules of responsible grilled cheese consumption? You never, ever take a bite out of a man's grilled cheese. It's just not done.